The first reading is Matthew 27, verses 62 to 66. The next day, the one after preparation day, the chief priests and the Pharisees went to Pilate. Sir, they said, we remember that while he was still alive, that deceiver said, after three days, I will rise again. So give the order for the tomb to be made secure until the third day. Otherwise, his disciples may come and steal the body and tell the people that he has been raised from the dead. This last deception will be worse than the first. Take a guard, Pilate answered. Go, make the tomb as secure as you know how. So they went and made the tomb secure by putting a seal on the stone and posting the guard. The second reading is Matthew 28, verses 11 to 15. While the women were on their way, some of the guards went into the city and reported to the chief priest everything that had happened. When the chief priest had met with the elders and devised a plan, they gave the soldiers a large sum of money, telling them, You are to say his disciples came during the night and stole him away while you were asleep. If the report gets to the governor, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So the soldiers took the money and did as they were instructed. And this story has been widely circulated among the Jews to this very day. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you so much to Emma and Karen and the Prospects team and uh, for all of that work. We are going to take a look at the part of the Bible that we just heard read from Matthew's Gospel and thinking about some of the questions that it gives rise to. Some of us may have lots of questions. We've been thinking about the Easter story over this past few weeks. We may have questions about the resurrection. We may know people who have questions about the resurrection. And one of the great things is the Bible assumes that we will have questions about the resurrection of Jesus. And the Bible wants us to ask them. The way Matthew has written his gospel for us, he wants us to ask big questions about what happened. And we're going to think about three of them now. Okay, so the first question is this. Uh, Was it the right tomb? That is quite an important question. We're told that Jesus was laid in a tomb, but I'm guessing that lots of people were laid in tombs and tombs probably looked quite similar in those days. So actually, how do we know that actually the tomb that the women went to on the morning was the same tomb that Jesus was laid in on that Friday night? Perhaps there was some trickery going on. He was placed in one, uh, but then they went to a different one. Was it the right tomb? The second question that comes up um, uh, from Matthew is... Was the tomb secure? Was the tomb safe? Was it secure? Um, And this is where we get told a little bit about the Roman guards, the Roman soldiers um, who were guarding it. But the question is a good one. Was the tomb secure? What about these Roman guards who were meant to be there? Were they any good? Um, What kind of, you know, soldiers were they? What if uh, one of them had decided to leave and go and get a McDonald's or something and taken a break? Um, How do we know that it was really secure? What if after all the noise and the fuss and the events around the cross had died down, what if after all of that, that there'd been a quieter period? Somebody could have had access to the tomb. How do we know the tomb was secure? Was it secure? And then the third question is, well, 
if it was the right tomb and all those kind of things, was the body stolen? And this is a really good question, because it's certainly a question that the chief priests were worrying about. They were worried that the disciples were going to come to the tomb, take the body, take it somewhere else, and then pretend that Jesus had come back to life. That was something that they wanted to stop at all costs. So, was the body stolen? Good question. And these are questions that we might have. Was it the right tomb? Was the tomb secure? Was the body stolen? And we're going to come back and try and think about some answers and some evidence for them that Matthew gives us in just a moment. Okay, so we've got our three big questions that uh, Matthew wants us to ask. And we're going to see, let's see if we can uh, get some answers and find some evidence. Okay, so question one, was it the right tomb? Well, in the little bit of Matthew before we had our reading, Matthew chapter 7, verse 59, we read this. Joseph took the body, wrapped it in a clean linen cloth, and placed it in his own new tomb that he had cut out of the rock. He rolled a big stone in front of the entrance to the tomb and went away. Now, Joseph was a member of the Sanhedrin. He was the one who gave his tomb. He was a respected man. He was a well-known man. And I guess his tomb would have been well-known. People would have known it wasn't just a nobody's tomb. It was somebody important who gave the tomb. And then in Matthew 27, verse 61, which was part of our reading, we read this. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were sitting there opposite the tomb. The women saw where the body went. They watched what happened. They knew they were planning to go back there three days later. Their precious Lord was put into this tomb. They weren't going to make a mistake. Now, the chief priests thought that Jesus was lying about coming back from the dead, but they weren't taking any chances. The tomb was secured and sealed with guards in front, which is all very unusual treatment for a crucified criminal. But I think all of this helps to show us that the tomb was the right one. The tomb with the rolled away stone was Joseph's tomb and the one that Jesus had come out of. Lots of people knew which one it was. Lots of people saw it. So it wasn't the right tomb. And our next question, was the tomb secure? And this is where the guards help us out a little bit. Uh, the Roman soldiers, the Roman guards. Now the Pharisees had wanted to make sure that nobody could get to the tomb. And so they'd gone to Pilate. The Pharisees are the religious leaders of the day. So they had gone to Pilate, and we're told um, in chapter 27, verse 64, they said, give the order for the tomb to be made secure until the third day. Now, they knew that Jesus had talked about um, rising from the dead three days later. So they wanted to make sure it was definitely covered. Um, now, for, for grown-ups here, you might know that you... Perhaps you sometimes get insurance cover for something, maybe like a holiday. Uh, you need to buy insurance, you get an insurance policy, and they might well ask you, so how long do you want that for? Do you want one-day cover? Do you want three-day cover? Well, in this instance, the Pharisees were definitely after three-day cover, because Jesus had talked about rising from th uh, three days later, so they were like, we must make sure it is, it is secure. Um, and so Pilate agrees to it. We get told by Matthew, he says, take a guard, Go and make the tomb as secure as you know how. Now, in those days, if you were a Roman soldier um, uh, or a guard uh, doing that kind of job, your life depended on doing it well. Um, if you were found to have not been doing your duty, not doing your job properly, you could have been executed uh, for not doing it. Um, now, that sounds pretty severe to be executed for not doing your job properly. I'm sure many of us wouldn't want that. But it does tell us something, doesn't it? It tells us that the Roman soldiers who were guarding the tomb would have made sure it was secure. 
So we might easily think, well, did somebody slip in and, you know, a quiet moment, try and get to the tomb? Was there some kind of periods of, of quiet access? But actually, no. Uh, with a, a Roman guard who was there, it, their life depended on making sure the tomb was absolutely secure and safe for three full days. Okay, the third question, was the body stolen? Well, that clearly wasn't very easy to happen. Uh, we know that the tomb had been sealed. We know that there were guards outside it. And let's be honest, a dead body wouldn't be very easy to move. But the chief priests were doing all they could to make sure that the body wasn't stolen. They thought they'd planned for everything. They thought they had it covered. That's why they wanted the tomb sealed. That's why they wanted the guards there. And everything was fine for them until that earthquake on that Sunday morning, which we read about in Matthew 28, verse 2, and the angel comes and rolls back the stone. The chief priests had worked so hard to make sure that Jesus, uh, nobody could get in to steal the body that they kind of failed to realize that Jesus could just get out. Uh, they'd missed who they were dealing with. Jesus didn't need anyone to open the tomb for him to get out. The tomb was opened, the stone was rolled away, so that the women and the witnesses could go in and could see what was there, and to see that he wasn't there anymore. Uh, this, that's why the stone was moved, not so Jesus could get out. And then we're told that the chief priests have their own cover-up. They hear the body has gone, and so they say to the guards, you need to say that the disciples stole him in the night. Now, did you spot? That's the very thing that they had worked so hard to prevent from happening. And now they would rather pay the guards to lie and say it did happen than admit that Jesus had risen from the dead. They knew that the body hadn't been stolen, but they were doing everything they could to try and cover up that fact because they'd rather do that than admit that Jesus was alive. So we've seen these three big questions that Matthew wants us to look at. Was it the right tomb? Was the tomb secure? And was the body stolen? And they're really important questions. And perhaps uh, the most remarkable thing is that the Bible wants us to ask those questions. When it comes to the story of the resurrection, uh, Matthew is saying to us, think, consider what, what actually happened. See where the evidence points. Matthew wants us to think through, uh, to, to reason, to look at what he's saying, to see what happened and to find out what we make of Jesus being, as he would say, risen and alive. All the evidence pointing to Jesus being risen and alive. But I guess the question we have to work out for ourselves is, do we believe it? Uh, would we believe it? Would we want to believe it? No one can make you believe it, whether you're young or old. No one can uh, force you to believe it. We have to come to that uh, consideration ourselves. And Matthew gives us all this information because he knows that we might have these questions. We know we, we may have uh, uncertainties. And he says, look, consider what happened. See uh, what was happening at the time, how secure the tomb was, how uh, the body wasn't stolen, and all the evidence points for Jesus being risen and alive. And I guess this week we have been reminded, haven't we, of the reality of death. Uh, the reality of death and the implications of it. And so it's a good question to have in our minds and a good question to ask, do we believe that Jesus was different? Not just any ordinary human, but sent by God and raised by God to resurrection life and pointing the way forward to resurrection hope for you and me.